morning, family. Hey, my name is Ryan. I'm one of the leaders who's trying to learn, lead through serving and uh, really excited to gather together and close out our series, Empowered, where we're looking at how the gospel is the engine that drives everything we do here at Kettlebrook. At least that's what we're seeking, that it drives us having an eternal relationship with God the Father, uh, that it drives us being empowered in the everyday to live as with Jesus as our leader, that it, it empowers us, that it drives us to help other people follow him. And, and today we're going to look at kind of the what behind that or the how behind that as each person in the family plays their part using their gifts to amplify the good news of Jesus. Um, so can anyone tell me what this is a picture of? Uh, there might be about three of you who know what the, this is a picture of, maybe five. A theater light? Uh, yeah, it looks like a theater light. It's not a theater light, but it looks like it. I'll give you a hint. We have one of these in-house. It's a snake. Yeah, not like that one, but like sound one. Okay, so the function of a snake, if you'll see it up here, if I would move over here, there's all sorts of these inputs where you put cables that run to the instruments here, and then you run this big, long cord. Some of you might have never even seen it. All the way back to the back where Greg is back at the soundboard, and you put it together, and then you're able to control and then amplify the sound through that snake. Now, over the past, I don't know, several months, whether it be the wireless mic or whether it be back there, not because of our sound team and not because of our musicians, we've been having sound issues. And for a guy like me who doesn't like to have issues, it's driving me nuts sometimes, right? But again, not our sound team, not our musicians. But here's what happens. If you'll notice on this snake, I don't know if you can see, but do you see all these tiny holes? Okay, so there's like on ours, there's a hundred of them. Okay, a hundred of these. And then I can't, almost can't reach, but this is perfect. It's like it was made for me. A five, seven and three quarters, five, eight with the wind blowing up. Guy, right? Okay, so getting back to this, there's a hundred pinholes here. And then there's a hundred of these little pins right here, right? And what has to happen is this has to go onto this, and then you, you like rotate it, click it, right? But what happens is on this piece right here, there's a little like quarter-inch piece of metal. And what's been happening is that'll get twisted. That has to line up right in the middle of channel one and channel two. If you don't, you can't put it on and that, right? That's the technical way to say that, but it won't work. What would happen in that case is we would have Eric and Dave and Todd and um, Gary up here, but they'd be going acapulco, right? The sound would not be, I mean acapella, sorry. (laughs) That was on purpose. You can check my notes, Matt. That was on purpose. They'd be going acapulco. And what would happen is you would still hear them, but the sound would not be amplified. But if all of those pinholes are lined up on the pin and you plug it in, the sound is amplified. And that's such a fitting metaphor or picture of what happens when a family of followers of Jesus is not just about one person or two people or one pastor, but it's about the whole family playing their part, using their gifts that God has given. His good news will be amplified. So that's what we're going to stop with and kind of conclude the series with this morning and look at this topic called spiritual gifts and each of us playing our part, each of us playing our role so that the good news of Jesus might be amplified.
for others to hear, experience, and come to know and follow Jesus. So to do that, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 9 and go through verse 14. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And the part I want to highlight in this passage is go back to verse 10 with me. Paul's talking about praying for the new followers of Jesus in Colossae, and he says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Pretty easy to understand, right? Because of what God's done for them and for us, he's praying that their lives would reflect who he is, that they would please him and through how they lived. Please him in every good way, and here's how. Bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. Because of what God has done for them, it says later, he's rescued them from the kingdom of darkness, brought them into the kingdom of light. Right? They have a new leader, Jesus. Because of that, their lives are to be lived as a, basically a huge thank you to God. And the way that they can do that is in every good work. Here's why that's important. All of life matters living for Jesus. There's no aspect and of life that doesn't matter in living for Jesus. There's no, quote-unquote, good work that is too small. In every good work, we can reflect our good God in Jesus Christ. And see, where all other religions and, and Christianity, I think, get it, sometimes traditions within Christianity go astray on this, is not by telling us, yes, live and do good, but it's by saying, by doing good, we are good. If we just do enough good, then we'll be good in God's eyes. That's not what the scriptures teach, right? But the scriptures does teach in Ephesians 2.10 that there are acts of service that have been prepared by God from eternity past, eternity present, that we can do so that we can reflect his goodness. The, the difference is subtle maybe, but it's huge. And so if what verse 10 says is true, no good work is too small or too insignificant to point to amplify the good news of Jesus. They all count. Right? Serving our spouse in a tangible way. Being respectful when you don't have to or want to with a coworker. Being kind to your classmate. Maybe especially when they don't deserve it. Blessing a neighbor in a tangible way. See, all of these, every good work can amplify the good news of Jesus. And if we think about society at large, good works are applauded, right? Most everybody wants to do good. Most everybody wants to do good. But if we're honest, sometimes the reason we want to do good is to amplify us rather than to amplify Jesus. So the shift needs to happen where we do good, yes, but to reflect the goodness of our God, not to one make us good, or not so that others will look at Ryan and say, wow, look, he's good. But so that others would look at us and say, wow, Jesus, he's amazing. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. But 
all of life matters, and all of life is an opportunity, every good work, to amplify the good news of Jesus. And how we do that is through each of us playing our part, playing our role, being connected, and using our gifts. We're going to look at three categories of gifts this morning. This isn't going to get too technical, but at the end of the day, if you hear nothing outside of love God and then love people, that's enough. Okay, all the rest of this is gravy. It's important, it's good, but if there's certain things you don't understand, that's okay. The key is to love God and to love others. But anyways, how we see spiritual gifts is we see them breaking down into three categories. If you could put that next slide up for me, Brad, please. People gifts, so this is who we are. A passage that we'll look at that talks about this is Ephesians chapter 4. Skill gifts, this is what we do, Romans 12. We can look at 1 Peter 4, I think I have in there. And manifestation gifts, what we experience, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4 first. If you could put up that slide for me. Thank you, Brad. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So if you go to that next slide, Brad, this talks about five kind of people gifts, who we are. The apostle, think of the one who's gifted an apostle, is the one who's always thinking forward, always thinking out. What's next? Think of the prophet is, is kind of like God speaks to them and, and they feel like they need to speak to other people. Oftentimes the prophet is concerned with issues of justice and, and mercy. They, they might look at it and say, the Bible says this, duh, it's black and it's white, right? The evangelist is always trying to bring others in, going out and bring others in. The evangelist is the gatherer. The evangelist is the one who can never have a party that's too big because they just want more people included. They want more and more people. The, the shepherd is the one who cares about the matters of the heart. So if you were in, in relationship and friendship with the shepherd, they're always asking about how you are. And not how you say you are, but how you really are. Like they're deeply concerned with you and your, your inner life. Uh, and then the teacher, that's pretty explanatory. Though it doesn't have to look like teaching up front like this. You can be gifted in teaching and not have to stand up in front of people. Okay, so yeah, if we go to that next slide, Brad, outward oriented, the apostle focusing on moving forward, one who's looking to the future, thinking what's next, who's willing to take risks and pioneer new works, prophet, one calling us up vertically to God, who's looking up and back, making sure the ground is solid, one who thinks the Bible says X, so we should just do that, pursuing justice, evangelist, a good news bearer, one who invites others into here, he has a passion, or she has a passion to see people experience new relationship with Jesus. The shepherd, one who's focused on the internal matters of the heart, who cares for and disciples God's people, who cares about how God's family is functioning with each other. The teacher, who takes God's word, digests it, then makes it so that others can practically apply it. Again, it doesn't have to just be what I'm doing, what's called preaching for this. And um, family, as we know how we're gifted, it helps us to be family with one another so that we can together amplify the good news of Jesus. And we don't, again, we don't have to obsess about this. We don't have to make spiritual gifting all about us and obsess about it and have to know exactly, right? But it is helpful for me personally to know that I'm highest apostle, so I'm always thinking about what's next and what's out. 
I'm next evangelist. I long for people to experience the good news of Jesus Christ and come to relationship with him. And I'm third teacher. Sorry that you have to listen to me that often. But I'm third teacher, right? We're trying to digest and and take God's word and, and make it palatable, understandable. So what that means for me is if my primary role at Kettlebrook in our family was hour after hour after hour after hour after hour of counseling session, I might only have one arm. I'd chew one off. Not really, right? But if... I'm gifted in a certain way and we're operating outside of our gifting, we're probably not going to experience the joy and the excitement and the fulfillment that we do when we are operating inside our gifting. Let me be very clear. That doesn't let any of us off the hook. It doesn't mean we don't have to love people well, right? But it is important to know where we're gifted. I'm not off the hook in loving people well. It just doesn't come as naturally in like pastoral counseling, things like that, as it might for other people. So the next category of gifts is skill gifts. These are things that we do something with, within our people gifts. Romans 12 talks about this. If you could put that up there for me, Brad. But to each one of us, uh, the Romans one, the next one, please. I think I have that in there. Otherwise, I can find it too. There it is. Is there one before that? There we go. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And then the next slide, First Peter, states it this way. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So these uh, skill gifts are gifts that we use in order to amplify the good news of Jesus Christ that maybe would fall under the people gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Again, there's People see this differently. At the end of the day, this is not like core, core, like Jesus is core, core, right? But we use these gifts. A gifted apostle might have the gift of leadership to lead forward, to lead what's next. A prophet might have the gift of mercy, and their hearts just really break for those who are taken advantage of, for for those who are the underdog, for those who do not have equality or justice, A shepherd might have the gift of hospitality and they open up their home or they open up their lives to other people and use that to really get at what's going on in someone else's heart. An evangelist, they might have the gift of encouragement and they use that to point others to and to share the message, the good news of Jesus Christ with others. These skill gifts fall under, per se, the people gifts. The last category, and I'm not even going to read because it's a long, long chapter. The next category is the manifestation gifts. And the manifestation gifts would be more 
they're all supernatural because they're all given by God, who is supernatural. He's, he's God. But this is the more like gifts of healing, speaking in another language, um, maybe having a sense that you can, you can really understand what, what, what someone is saying or what God is saying and then, and then tell other people about it. These are the experiential gifts that different people can experience at different times but isn't necessarily permanent. So I'll give you an example. I don't consider myself having the spiritual gift of healing. I've prayed for some people, and they've passed. I've prayed for other people, and God's done some cool things. Do I have, is, do I have a permanent gift of healing? I don't, I don't think so. I think I just prayed for people, and I've experienced the manifestation gift where God has been gracious and kind, and I can't explain why or when or how, but he's physically brought healing to people. Um, these are things that we can experience but aren't necessarily permanent. And again, different people interpret the spiritual gifts differently. That's okay. There's latitude in this. It doesn't have to be exact. Again, we can get really hung up on who am I, what's my gift, etc., etc. But the bigger picture is that we all have a part to play in amplifying the good news of Jesus, each and every one of us. Now, the, the way that I've found the best to understand and figure out how am I, might I be gifted is like trial and error, right? We serve God, but, and usually by serving other people, and then through that we see, man, when I do that, I really like feel alive. I'm really passionate about that. And yet there's other things where you're like, man, that, no. Again, not an excuse not to love well, but there's just things where you don't feel as alive, you don't feel like God is using you in the same way as other ones. I'm going to make this super practical, and you're going to hear from some people, but I want to show a video, and then I want to highlight and kind of put this together through a video and then hearing from three uh, of our peers regarding this. So living on mission every day looks like making a conscious effort um, to make sure that I'm connecting with people in a way that they can see how Jesus is working in my life. It can be done not only with, throughout your family, with your neighbors, your co-workers, um, people that you interact with out in public. Um, in the things that we do and we say, I think, is really how we live on mission um, each and every day. It doesn't have to be big, giant things. It doesn't have to be necessarily you know, moving overseas, which all that's great um, to live on mission for God. However, I really think that it's in the small um, things that we do every single day. One of the um, specific ways that God had asked me to live on mission for him was through um, women wine in the word. Um, so I kind of struggled with whether to start it or not. I wasn't sure who I should invite and what I should do and what topics to cover. And so I really did um, kind of pray about it think about it a lot, um, talk with God. I was not obedient right away. It took <laughs> quite a long time for the Holy Spirit to kind of just push me um, off the ledge and, and, and to get me to do it. And so finally I did. I, I reached out to a select few people and gave them my idea of women whining the word. And um, from there it, it just got off the ground. Um, we get together one time a month, usually on a Wednesday, and it's women there's some wine and we um, really do go over God's Word so we pick a topic um, each month to uh, talk about and we really dive into scripture to um, to see what God has to say about that specific topic 
and how it pertains to our life and how we can integrate God um, into it and how we can see him work through um, either that challenge or that process or, or um, areas where we need to um, make changes in our life. The motivation to start Women, Wine, and the Word really came from wanting to be more on mission for God and really to be obedient. Like I felt that God was telling me to do this and so um, my fear of being obedient stopped me from, from, um, from listening uh, right away. So really the motivation to do it was to be more uh, missional, um, integrate more with people that um, maybe don't know um, who God is and the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And it really was a time, um, really was motivated by just being able to um, have new relationships with other women and come together and talk about challenges that we have um, that only we may understand and then put the spin on it of how God wants us to handle it and how God sees us or sees the situation, how God really um, can do changes in that. Kettlebrook family members, I would encourage you to really pray um, and listen to the Holy Spirit and what God has um, to say to you as far as for how he, he wants you to live on mission. It may look like another Women Wine in the Word group. It may look like um, another small group. It may look like another missional community. It may be you volunteering um, once a month. It, it doesn't have to all look the same, but what we have to do is be obedient to what God is asking us to do. And God definitely is very... Um, specific when he asks us to live on mission. It's just not something we're supposed to keep to ourselves. It's something we are supposed to give out. That's kind of a cool video, right? Amen. And so that isn't a perfect tie-in with what we're talking about today, but I want to tie it in. I mean, we could have used it for helping others follow Jesus last week and kind of reaching out and amplifying the good news of Jesus. But what I want to tell you about Jackie is... Jackie's growing in her gift of teaching, and she's also opening up her house with her gift of hospitality so that she can amplify the good news of Jesus. That's one way it looks like for Jackie to use her giftings to amplify the good news of Jesus. There's hundreds of ways and thousands of variations it could look like for us. Um, Our brother Matt, he's gifted in apostleship and leadership and administration. So he's helping us push out, think what's next, things like that. And we were in a missional community uh, last year together, and I'm gifted in apostleship, so I'm always thinking what's next too, but I don't necessarily think process to get there. That's not my gifting, right? So I'm like, well, we're gonna let's multiply, whatever, whatever. And he's like, well, um, let's back the bus up here a little bit. Let's think through. Let's pray. Let's plan. Let's process because you can't just do that. There, there needs to be some structure to that and a plan to that. And we both decided that if we're going to do that in a healthy way, what, hap- what needs to happen is I need to decrease in what I'm doing and my role and different things like that, and others need to increase. It was funny, you know, at one point someone said, well, what's Ryan even do around here anymore in that, in that capacity, right? You know what I call that? Good leadership on Matt's part. Good leadership on Matt's part. Using his gifts of apostle, administration, leadership, say, okay, if we're going to get to Y, we need A, B, and C in the steps along the way. We also have a brother, Adam, 
uh, who is using his leadership and, and running our Jackson Soccer uh, Rec League. And I don't know him well enough to know his apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. But what I do know is he's using his gifts of leadership. And I do know that he has an incredible gift of helps. That was one of the gifts listed. It's kind of like what needs to be done, I'll do it all the time. All the time. And we are seeing, it's really cool for me to see the fruit of his leadership in building the Jackson Soccer Club once again into a club that we can be proud of because of his good leadership, because he's bearing fruit in each good work in that that can amplify the good news of Jesus as he uses his gifts of leadership and helps. Uh, Amanda Marshall is down teaching right now some of your children in Rising Stars in the first through fifth grade. She's a teacher by trade at Hartford School District. Her husband is a nurse, and this past year they gave up a week of their summer in order to go and be counselors at a camp for foster kids. Now, again, I don't necessarily know their gifting really that well. I know it's one of hers is probably teaching. She's a teacher, right? That would be, like, easy to diagnose. But I would imagine that, that in there is some mercy gifts that led them to, in essence, pour into and build into and amplify the good news of Jesus for those who maybe haven't had someone stand up for them before, maybe haven't had someone in their corner who was their advocate. I could go on and on and on and on with different family members. I could share about many of you because I know you and how you're amplifying the good news of Jesus through your gifts. But what I wanted to do is make it really practical. And so I'm going to have three people, three of our peers, join us up here at this point. I'm going to have Greg and Eric and Jessica. Uh, Please join us, and uh, I'm going to have them share a little bit. Give them a warm welcome. Thanks, guys, for being willing to share. I've asked Eric and Greg and Jessica, just knowing them, if they would share a little bit about, one, uh, how they're serving, the role they're playing, and then, second, how they're hoping that that would amplify the good news of Jesus, how they're hoping that that good work would bring honor and glory to Jesus. So I'm going to start with Eric. Eric, if you could just share, uh, this is going to be obvious, but that's okay, how, how you are serving, how you're using your gifts, and, and how you hope that amplifies the good news of Jesus. Well, the role of a music worship leader uh, is to arrange the music for the week. So that really begins with selecting the songs that you're going to sing, which comes from a, a list that we have on our planning center. So we take a look at what the message is going to be for that week, uh, see if any of the songs apply, and try to combine uh, that message with a song that you think might, might apply, and then put it in a, in a structural format that makes sense uh, from beginning to end. So it, the songs kind of flow in order. So that's really kind of a, a, a labor of love for me as, as a worship leader, is to put those songs together, put the arrangements together for the musicians, and uh, this guitar does that part, that guitar does that part, and so forth. Arrange the practice, get together and practice, uh, and try to get the sound the way that you want it. So that's really just kind of the role of a music Worship leader is to is to make sure that what you hear up here is is not just a bunch of sound that it actually is meaningful. As far as that role and how it points to Jesus, uh, I I come from a very musical family, uh, very blessed to. And one thing that my mother liked doing better than talking about Jesus was singing about Jesus. So it's not surprising that in my spiritual journey when I came to Christ, it was through music, and that connection with music is unescapable for me. So. When I uh, select songs or when we're, we're thinking about what songs to play or how we are going to set that arrangement up, 
that decision to come to Jesus is an intensely emotional moment. It's not logical. It's an emotional decision. And if the music in any way can reach out and make that opportunity happen for somebody who is at a crossroads in their life or wants to recommit themselves to Jesus, something like that, the music can bridge that gap. So that's uh, really one of the, the main reasons why I uh, am honored and privileged to serve here at Kettlebrook with the music team. Amen. Yeah, and for yourself and Todd and Dave and um, Gary and Greg and others, we're, we're so thankful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want you to note, too, that, that that's kind of using our gifts within the structure of Kettlebrook, if you want to say it, but it's a both hand. It's both within the context of Kettlebrook and the gatherings, groups, different things, and it's outside. And Greg and Jessica are now going to share about using their gifts, doing good works to amplify the message of Jesus outside the kind of structure of Kettlebrook, if that makes sense. Thanks, Eric. Uh, so my wife and I are licensed foster parents in Washington County, and the decision to do that was not an easy one, but was uh, made very clear by God to myself and my wife that we should be doing this. We had struggled with infertility and um, miscarriage a couple times, and we just were asking God, what do we do with all of this love that we have to give? Um, and the, the clear answer was just fostering. Um, there's lots of children in the county that need that, and we were willing and able to provide that. Um, so I guess what that looks like, how we amplify that, um, you know, we get to share our story with other people and uh, kind of set an example of how uh, we didn't blame God for the struggles we faced. Um, we trusted him, and we asked him uh, what it is that he would have us do with, uh, with the hand that he had dealt us. So uh, just being able to set that example to our children, our neighbors, um, people in our community, and our coworkers and stuff like that is how we amplify uh, God's message. Yeah, amen, and, and every day you know when we all know as parents we get a chance to, to do that with building into our kiddos every day, right? And so you and Ashley get the chance every single day to do that. Thank you for living out your faith in Jesus in that way, Greg. Jessica? Um, so I've been gifted with uh, different um, spiritual gifts. Um, one of them is that I'm pretty high profit, um, so I care about issues of justice. Um, and I'm also, I've had opportunities um, to have training and learn skills um, in administration and law. Um, so uh, one of the ways that I use all those gifts is I serve on the board of Shepherd's College. Shepherd's College is an accredited um, three-year post-secondary school for people who have um, disabilities trains them um, to live on their own and gives them vocational skills, and it also um, teaches them about the gospel. Um, so that's actually how, why I serve there, um, is because um, if any of you know me at all, you know that I get really excited about kingdom building and seeing God glorified. And Shepherds is doing that in a couple different ways. They're um, giving students an opportunity to experience a little bit of the kingdom of God. 
um, they're experiencing um, love and acceptance um, for who they are. They're um, treated as um, people who've been created in the image of God. That's how they're seen and that's how they're treated. Um, and then second, they're hearing the gospel. So that um, that's amplifying the gospel. Um, and um, it's, it's just a blessing to me to be a part of that. Um, so when Ryan said, oh, talk about what you do, I'd rather talk about what God does there because it's pretty cool and it's a real privilege to be part of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for sharing with us. Appreciate it. Yeah. And again, Jessica and Greg and Eric are sharing. There could be many more people with many more examples of, of using giftings of how they've been gifted to amplify the good news of Jesus, right? There could be many, many more. A, a couple things, just in closing. It's not, again, about knowing exactly how you're gifting, as it is having a heart that's open to God and saying, how do you want to use me? Right? So Eric talked about music worship, that I'm aware that's not listed within the spiritual gifts passage. What I'm aware, if that team and other teams didn't lead us, I'd be pretty sad. Right? We need them as part of this family. So it's not specifically about just the exact knowing everything, but it's about how can I love and serve God through loving and serving our family and those outside the family. Again, different people see these gifts and how they all break down differently. That's okay. It's okay. Right? We don't have to agree exactly on that. Third, this probably, the the lists that we talked about in Scripture are not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts probably either. They're representative. They're probably not thinking, you know what? Thousands of years later, some guy's going to be dissecting all these spiritual gifts and telling people about them. And how that's not the way it was. It was representative, right? Uh, You know, another example I could use is, is Mike Ward. I mean, he just does anything and everything. Gift of helps set up and take down. So he was talking to me this morning about latches that are broken, an idea he has to fix those latches. I never think about latches. But Mike does, using his gift of helps, saying what needs to be done. I can fill that role, right? We have other brothers and sisters who regularly meet with people outside of this time and even outside the context of small group and missional community, and they disciple them. They pour into them intentionally and vice versa. See, family, both inside Kettlebrook and outside Kettlebrook, the good news of Jesus is being amplified through this family. And every single one of us, however big, however small it might seem, is essential to seeing that happen. Every single one of us is essential to seeing that happen. And Jesus is our model. He's the perfect apostle the perfect prophet, the perfect evangelist, the perfect shepherd, the perfect teacher who showed mercy, who was a pretty good leader, if you ask me, who had some administration with his disciples, right? So we're just all following after him, trying to see how we can play our role, how we can play our part in amplifying the good news of Jesus. A couple applications as we we close. In your bulletin, you have a QR QR code. This one works. QR code works, and it's an, what's called an APES survey. So we talked about apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. That's just a survey you could fill out. They would give you some more definition, some more um, insight into how you might be gifted. If you would like to fill that out and or if you would like to fill that out and get together and process that, I would, I would love to do that. 
So you can use that QR code. We also have some hard copies back on the table. Second, there's a spiritual gifts handout. I breezed through the spiritual gifts. This is a pretty exhaustive handout listing every spiritual gift listed in the scriptures and then explaining what it is. Feel free to take that. Kim Swank gave us to that while she was still here. Um, Last, just start serving. Start asking God, where is the need? How can I meet it? Who can I love? How can I love them? To amplify the good news of Jesus. And then do it in the context of community so that they can affirm your gifting, right? So if we, we think we're gifted in something and, and they're like, well, I don't know, maybe you're right. It helps to do it in community. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, um, that, thank you for the example of uh, what we heard from Jackie, what we heard from Jessica, what we heard from Eric, what we heard from Greg, and what we could hear from countless others in our family about how they are using their gifts through every good work to amplify the good news of Jesus. I pray that you would encourage our family. It's just such a privilege and honor to be a part of it. And I pray that you would just continue to empower us to amplify your good news in every good work as we plug into how you've made us, how you've gifted us for your glory and others' good. And the family said...